Good evening, everyone. We're glad you're here tonight. I um, want to remind you of a few things before we, we pray and, and get started here tonight. Um, uh, Rosalie Moore's service was tomorrow, is tomorrow at uh, 11 till 1, and then at 1, the funeral will follow that, and then we'll go out to, tell me out, Maplewood Cemetery, and then we, we will be feeding the family here at the church, and um, so we're responsible for bringing desserts, so if you bring that, bring it by noon, noon, okay. And let's see, continue to remember uh, the Marlon Bates family at uh, his home going, and we'll get the information out when we learn more of that. Um, so, I guess that's my commercial. We're tickled to have Brother Matt Ledbetter back with us tonight. He did a fantastic job this morning, and uh, Brother Jim knows that when he has to be away, he's leaving it in good hands, Brother Matt, and uh, we're, we're anxious to hear what you and God have in store. Um, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today, for your blessings, for your love, for the opportunities we have to gather. Lord, we've uh, looked to you for guidance in all that we do and say and pray that what we do is, is part of your wishes and will for us to be and to reflect you. Lord, thank you for this service tonight, and we pray that uh, when we leave here, we take you into the neighborhoods and to work, and Lord, reflect you in such a way that'll make you smile. Lord, we're, we just ask that you forgive us where we fall short and just thank you for your love. Amen. Take your hymnals and turn to 149. I think that's the right one. 149, Blessed Redeemer, and we'll do all three verses. Blessed Redeemer, Redeemer. Y'all understand? mountain one dreadful morn walk Christ my Savior weary and worn facing for sinners death on the cross that he might save them from his loss blessed Redeemer precious Redeemer seems now I see him on Calvary Street Father, forgive them, thus did he pray. Even while his life's blood flowed fast away, praying for sinners wild in such woe, no one but Jesus ever loved so. Blessed Redeemer, precious Redeemer, sing now I see. Numbered on heaven. 
Share with us what God's laid on your heart. All right, good to see you back this evening. Glad you're here. I'm going to invite you to turn your Bible to Nehemiah chapter 4. So if you'll go to the Old Testament, find the book of Psalms, and turn backwards a few pages, you'll come to the little book of Nehemiah. If I had to pick my favorite Old Testament and New Testament books, I would say Mark is my favorite New Testament book and Nehemiah is my favorite Old Testament book. And since I've been here as Director of Missions, I have preached quite a few times out of the book of Nehemiah. Tonight I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about the ministry and work of the association and do a little introductory sermon here from Nehemiah chapter 4. In just a few minutes I'm going to have uh, Hanaro come up and speak to you just a few minutes as well. Uh, to share with you his ministry and talk about next steps in uh, the direction for the Duck River Baptist Association. So Nehemiah chapter 4, I've just kind of simply entitled this message tonight, Better Together. If I had to give it a title, that would be uh, an overall theme of the work of the association, would be Better Together. Uh, in, in Nehemiah, as we, as we just kind of recap the book of Nehemiah, uh, we many of us know the background of Nehemiah, chapters 1 and 2, chapter 1 especially, Nehemiah gets word as he is in captivity, uh, the king's cupbearer, that um, uh, the walls of Jerusalem are still down, there's been a couple of groups that have already gone back to Jerusalem, uh, led by Zerubbabel and Ezra, and uh, they've rebuilt homes, and they've got the temple back in shape, but they still have the walls that are broken down, and the gates are still burned, and they're still prone to enemies coming in and uh, pillaging from them and leaving and giving a little while to recuperate, and then they come back and pillage them again. So Nehemiah gets word uh, from a brother that the walls are still broken down, and his heart becomes burdened. And in Nehemiah chapter 1, we see his broken heart. We see his prayer. And he prays for God to give him strength to be able to stand before the king and tell the king what he wants to do. And so chapter 2, we see that happen. The king um, not only hears Nehemiah's request, but answers a major prayer and moves in a mighty way. Of course, God does that through the king. Not only gives Nehemiah leeway to go back and fix the walls and lead a group to go back in this, uh, in this return to Jerusalem, but it gives him safe passageway and then gives him letters to have all the materials and everything he needs to help rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So we get to chapter 3, and we see that the work has begun. I love chapter 3 because chapter 3, there's a, a lot of names in chapter 3. Now, there's a lot of hard names in chapter 3. Junior Hill, the great evangelist who just passed away a few months ago, said when he gets to some of these names, he just says hard word and moves on. Uh, we get to some of these places like Chronicles and Kings and there are name after name after name after name. Sometimes it becomes wearisome, but don't forget behind every one of those names is a purpose, a reason, a, a family, something behind each one of those names. And that's what we see in Nehemiah chapter 3. 
So as you go down chapter 3, you see these families and these groups that are working on the wall. So like in verse 1, you have Eliashib, the high priest, and his uh, brethren, the priests, rose up to build. And next to Eliashib, in, in verse number 2, the men of Jericho. Next to them, Zachar, the son of Emery. In verse number 3, the sons of Hassanah. Uh, uh, and then verse number 4, next to them, Merimoth. And then you go down to verse number 5, the Tekoites. In verse number 6, Jehoiada. Go down to verse number 7. And just name after name, family after family, doing their part in rebuilding the walls. Chapter 4 is the continuation of what's taking place uh, in the, the rebuilding process, but we end up with a little bump in the road because we, we've been introduced earlier in Nehemiah to some guys by the name of Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. They're the enemy. They're the ones who come in and pillage with their people, and, and they realize that they're uh, their ministry of thievery is just about to be over. And they rise up against uh, Nehemiah and the Jews and cause them a lot of trouble. And it causes the need for the people to draw closer and closer together. Can I just talk to you just real quickly about cooperation from the Baptist Faith and Message? Article 14 of the Baptist Faith and Message on cooperation says, Christ's people should, as occasion requires, Organize such associations and conventions as may best secure cooperation for the great objects of the kingdom of God. Such organizations have no authority over one another or over the churches. They are voluntary and advisory bodies designed to elicit, combine, and direct the energies of our people in the most effective manner. And then I like this sentence. Members of New Testament churches should cooperate with one another in carrying forward the missionary, educational, and benevolent ministries for the extensions of Christ's kingdom. Not just talking about within your own church, but working together with members of all New Testament churches. So as we talk about better together, cooperation tonight, let me just mention this real quickly. Cooperation is necessary for completing the mission that the Lord left us on earth here to do. It is a vital, important piece of what we do as the people of God. Let's go back to the scripture real quick and look at some of these cooperating things that are taking place. So Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 6, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of all they're facing, it says, so we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. And I just remind us how big that wall is. At the time of Nehemiah, in Nehemiah's day, it was about a mile and a half long. Some places it was 40 feet high, and most places around the wall it was 14 feet wide. That takes quite a feat. How long would it take in today's uh, economy for backhoes and trackhoes and tractors and dump trucks and, and all of those things to be able to build a wall a mile and a half long? Well, we're going to find out at the end of the journey it takes them 52 days to rebuild the wall. You know why? Because they were working together. Going down to verse number 15. It happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us, talk about the plot against them, that God brought their plot to nothing, and that every, or that all of us, returned to the wall, everyone to his work. Down to verse number 21. So we 
labored in the work. Half the men held spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. There's a lot of we in that chapter. There's a lot of times where Nehemiah is talking about what we are doing together. In this story, we see that they were better when they were working together. Now, there comes a point where they begin to fuss. That's why I say I'm, I'm almost certain the people uh, in the Old Testament days were part Baptist. They liked to fuss about stuff, but they eventually worked it out, and they got down to business and got the job done. There were other things, outside influences. There were inside influences that kind of diverted their work, but they eventually got on track and got on task and finished what God called them to do. It's the same in the church, uh, the same for us today. As I said this morning, sometimes we can get our eyes off track, we can let things distract us, uh, and it slows down the progress. But we as the people of God, we as sister churches, we're always going to be better together. Now, I'm not just saying that because I'm the director of missions. I say that because it's true, because I served as a pastor for 24 years. Most of the churches... Most of the years that I pastored, this was sometimes a Sunday morning crowd. I was a small church pastor. So in order for us to be able to do more and to accomplish more, we had to work with other congregations so that our people could see what it's like to have cooperation. When we realize that we're all in this together, that we're not competing with one another, we can accomplish so much more. Imagine what would happen if the people working on the wall and Nehemiah's dad said, you know what, me and my family, our, our little group working on the wall right here, we're just going to take care of me and mine. We're just going to do our thing. You do whatever you want to do. We're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna fix our peace, and, and then you just do whatever. They had to be unified. They had to work together. That doesn't mean they always saw eye to eye. Church members don't always see eye to eye. Can I get an amen? We don't always... Couples don't always see eye to eye. Can I get an amen? Guys, we know we're always not going to be right. Our wives remind us of that from time to time. We're not always right. We do have those head bumps from time to time. But that doesn't mean we don't walk arm in arm. We may not agree with the music that the church down the road is using in their worship service, but that don't mean they're better than us or worse than us. We, we may worship different. We may dress different. Uh, you know, I go to churches where... I wore a suit this morning because that's how Pastor Jim dresses, so I wore a suit this morning. There are some churches, if I went and preached at that church and I wore holy jeans and an untucked shirt, I would probably be overdressed. That doesn't mean that church is any worse. Not necessarily my style, but that doesn't mean they're any worse than I am, uh, any worse than any other church. We just have to be unified in realizing the end goal is not what we do uh, at in a corporate setting on Sunday morning, it's the end goal of building the kingdom of God. A couple of things we have to do in order to have good cooperation. First of all, we've got to be unified in the word. They were doing what God had told Nehemiah to do. They weren't faithful to Nehemiah. They were faithful to God. They were being faithful to the promise and the will of God. They were unified with the message of God that God was in control. They, the message of Jehovah God. They, there were a lot of gods in that day. A lot of gods in our day, isn't there? There's a lot of gods in that day. We're talking about Jehovah God, Yahweh. Um, they were unified in, in their trust of Jehovah God, unified in the word of the Lord. 
Now, when we talk about partnering with and working with other churches, we better be unified in what we believe. As the Duck River Association of Baptist Churches, we've taken care of that. We have a mutual, believed-upon, uh, common faith, uh, the Baptist faith and message, and, and uh, faith and belief in the inspired, infallible, inerrant, all-sufficient Word of God. We believe the book. We are people, and we are churches of the book. We have to be unified in the Word, but we also have to be unified in the work. Now, I shared this statistic this morning that 75% of our association uh, counties uh, have no relationship with with uh, with Christ. Let me give you the more specifics on this. Coffee County is 72%. Franklin County is 73%. Grundy County is 76%. <clears throat> so this morning, in our three associational counties, uh, of about 120 or so thousand people in those three counties, I know there are other denominations, and I don't want to discount that, but out of 120,000 so people in this three-county area, there were 3,000 people on the pews of Baptist churches this morning. Let that sink in just a minute. Now, once again, I know there are other denominations and other churches out there, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's breathtaking when you realize that if you even add the other denominations in that this morning there were probably in all three counties together about 10 to 12,000 people in church this morning. So there's a lot of work to do right here in our own associational area and no single church can do that on their own. That's why we need each other. Now, I say this to every church I go to when I talk about cooperating and doing things together. Most folks have no idea what the Duck River Baptist Association does. Outside of having the director of missions come and speak from time to time, some, many in, in, in our churches have never had contact with associational work whatsoever. So just a little straw poll here tonight. How many of you know where the association building is? That's better than average. I can ask that church, uh, ask that to a, a church the size of, of 100 to 200 to 300 and one Sunday morning, I think I got six hands in a church of 200 people. So a lot of folks don't even know where the building is. Many churches have no desire to partner with anyone else. That's fine and well if that's, if that's how they feel. But I, I think it's important that we realize the need of working together. So like in our own association, there are churches right now that have come to us and said, Pat, uh, Brother Matt, could you get some churches lined up to help us get back to our full potential again? We have right now three churches that I believe that in the next three to five years could cease to exist if something doesn't turn around for that congregation. And some of those churches have reached out and said, Brother Matt, could you get some churches to line up with us, to link arms with us, to help us in that mission, in that ministry, to get our church back on track again. So I'm trying to get churches linked up together to help one another um, uh, to, uh, to be and do all that God wants them to. Sometimes it means getting out of comfort zones to do that, but we combine our resources, we mobilize our members, we encourage unity because we're better together. That's why the local Baptist Association exists so that we can do more. We'll always be able to do more 
together. Flip on over to chapter 6 real quick, and this will be kind of the end of the, the little sermonette tonight before I move on to talking about the association itself. Chapter 6, verses 15 and 16 tells us, The wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes. Why? For they perceived that this work was done by who? Our God. They realized it was a God thing. It was such a major task and such an awesome miracle that took place they knew that it could only come about through the hands of God. My job this evening is to talk to you about the importance of working together through the local association. So I guess the first thing I, I better ask is this question. What is the job of the director of missions? If I was to give you a piece of paper to write down that answer, what would be your answer? Some think the primary role of the director of missions is to be a pastor to the pastors. I enjoy that part of my job. Part of my responsibility it is it's it's important and it's invaluable is to be a pastor to the pastors but that is not my primary responsibility my job my responsibility my ministry is basically coordinating the mission and ministry efforts and, and endeavors of the 41 churches and two mission churches of the duck river baptist association to coordinate missions and ministry to get us to work together so every monday and every wednesday I send out an email to all pastors and church leaders. Every Sunday morning, I send out texts to all of our pastors. Let them know I'm praying for them. Anytime anything comes up that churches are doing, I try to post it on the associational Facebook page to let everybody see what other churches are doing. So like this week, Tim McGeehee is preaching revival at um, Maxwell Baptist Church on the far end of Franklin County. So what did I do? I put that on Facebook. And I've contacted a bunch of pastors and said, listen, you guys that are on this end of the county, on, on that part of, of the association, try to show up one night and support that revival. I can remember revival. Y'all remember revivals? Y'all still have revivals around here? There's not been too many since I've been here. I remember revivals. I've had revivals since I've been in the ministry, but those things seem to be falling away. The last association I was in, the church I just came from, there was a group of guys of us that, that if one of those guys was preaching revival, we went and supported them. The church went and supported them. We did what we could to support the other churches. And, and once again, we're not in competition with each other. It's just showing that church we're there for them. We're praying for them. We want to see God do a great work in their life. So I get to bring churches and pastors together. Now, we as Southern Baptists, we do things like the cooperative program that helps support the work of the TBMB and the Southern Baptist Convention. We receive offerings like Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong with the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. We have the IMB, the, the North American Mission Board, six seminaries. We have state entities like the Baptist Children's Home, colleges, retreat centers. But then there's the local Baptist Association. We know a lot about those other things, but many times the local Baptist Association uh, is relegated to uh, to the back burner. Now, if you want to know what's going on in the association, let me just give a little, little plug here. We do have a website, duckrivermissions.org. Duckrivermissions.org. Check out that website. We try to keep it updated as much as possible, but there's a lot of great information there. 
and then you can check out our Facebook page, Duck River Association of Baptist Churches. Now, let me talk about the ministries of the association, and I'm going to have Hanaro come up and speak to you this evening. In 2026, so two years down the road, the Duck River Baptist Association will celebrate its 200th anniversary. 200 years of the Duck River Baptist Association. When we talk about the Duck River Baptist Association, our motto is strengthening churches and impacting lostness. It's hard to impact lostness when your churches are weak. So we strengthen churches through revitalization and other things in order to impact the lostness and darkness around us. Our mission and values were a fellowship of 41 Southern Baptist churches, two mission churches in Coffee, Franklin, and Grundy counties of Southern Middle Tennessee. And as a body of churches, we cooperate together in order to accomplish what cannot be done individually to strengthen our churches and impact lostness both locally and globally. Our vision is as a network of cooperating healthy churches which are transforming their communities and the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father. And our mission and vision are undertaken through cooperation with churches and agencies of the Tennessee Baptist and Southern Baptist Conventions. So what are the ministries that we participate in? So when you give, you see on your giving statement at business meeting time, when you see that, and you see on there the Duck River Baptist Association, I hope it runs through your mind, what do they use that money for? It's more than just paying salaries. We have the Christian Counseling Center. Y'all keep up with what's going on in the Christian Counseling Center. Last year, our counselors had 1,800 appointments. One full-time counselor, one half to three-quarter-time counselor, and then one counselor that meets one day a week. 1,800 appointments. The Christian Counseling Center offers professional, certified counseling from a Christian perspective, fully licensed in the state of Tennessee. We have Baptist Collegiate Ministries at Motlow College that seek to reach young adults with the gospel of Jesus and disciple them disciple them to be church leaders of tomorrow. We offer financial assistance and scholarships for DRBA church members who are following God's call to vocational ministry. Hanaro is a recipient of that scholarship. We have partnership missions in Taiwan and Canada, and now we're hoping to add on Mexico after our trip this past week. Uh, so we've got a group leaving for Taiwan next month. They'll be spending two weeks in Taiwan and then later on in the year in July we've got three groups that are heading to Canada later on this year we're going to be having a local missions day I'm going to call it a missions blitz where I'm going to try to get as many churches to have a missions project on the same day throughout the three counties of the Duck River Association we're looking for state and regional partnerships and a national partnership so that we can complete the Acts 1-8 uh, initiative which is Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We've got the ends of the earth covered. We've got to flip that script and start all over again back at Jerusalem. We have the Jesus tent at Bonnaroo. Anybody ever worked the Jesus tent at Bonnaroo? Talk about crazy. It's a different world. I went there last year for my first time. It's a ministry of Manchester First Baptist. We partner with them financially as well as provide toiletry items, manpower, and prayer. And there are young people being saved at the Jesus Tent. And over the last few years, uh, young people that have gotten saved at the Jesus Tent have started coming back and volunteering at the Jesus Tent. 
We have disaster relief. As I said this morning, uh, we're, I'll be on a phone call tomorrow with the Director of Disaster Relief uh, and uh, setting a, a time up for us to be able to uh, have some training right here in our own area. And our disaster relief, of course, is trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus after natural disasters and devastation. You never see the yellow shirts on TV. It's always Salvation Army. It's always Red Cross. That's fine. We don't do what we do for, for national media attention. I tell folks this all the time. About 85 or 90% of the food that is, that is served by uh, uh, groups like um, uh, Salvation Army and, and Red Cross, about 85 to 90% of those meals are cooked in Southern Baptist kitchens. We feed those, we, we fill up those, uh, those containers and send them out in vehicles, emergency response vehicles to, to the uh, Salvation Army and others. And we'll, we, we'll feed uh, in a natural disaster. We can feed in some places on, on, on site as many as 100,000 meals a day, as well as all of the other things we do through disaster relief. We have the block party trailer. Y'all ever used the block party trailer here? What a great ministry. It's the evangelistic block party trailer for the use of churches um, uh, in, the, in the immediately surrounding area with uh, the big uh, uh, blow up uh, castles and slides and stuff like that uh, to help uh, throw a good block party for your church and for your community. Uh, it's a great, great thing. Uh, we have Child Evangelism Fellowship. We voted at our annual meeting in October to begin an official partnership with Child Evangelism Fellowship for Seeking Avenues where we can help promote and expand the ministries of CEF with things like Good News Clubs. I think we've got nine, eight or nine churches right now that are involved in Good News Clubs so that on certain days of the week after school, churches are ministering to and teaching the Bible to young children. Uh, it is amazing how quickly that is growing, how fast that is moving, and we're going to have to really get on track, get on board. We actually had just had another brand new Good News Club start a couple of weeks ago uh, through Trinity Baptist Church and Encounter Life Church partnering together uh, up in, uh, in Manchester. So we're beginning to partner with Child Evangelism Fellowship and finding out how we can uh, continue on uh, with that partnership. And then we have things that we're doing with uh, like the men's night of worship I talked about this morning, the women's night of worship that's coming up in April. We have pastoral ministries. We have fellowship opportunities for all pastors and staff. We offer deacon training. Mark Puckett is leading a Thursday evening Bible study right now on experiencing God in the DRBA building. We have women's prayer group that meets monthly. Iron Men uh, pastors group and Tuesday morning prayer time every week we collect Sunday school literature to be taken to a ministry in Alabama where it's repackaged and put into use in places like prisons and other things there's a lot going on I lost my breath talking about all those things our newest ministry is Hispanic ministry now, over the years the association has tried to get a Hispanic ministry off the ground and it just uh, just could not catch any traction well a couple of years ago uh, Grace began um, Grace Baptist Church began uh, a, a Spanish ministry called Iglesia Gracia, and Hanaro has been leading that congregation. We just ordained Hanaro just a little over a month ago at Grace Baptist Church. We called him uh, as a staff member now at 
the association office, so he gets to work at the office with me uh, four days a week uh, there at the, uh, at the DRBA office, and we're seeing some really good things beginning to catch and take, uh, get traction and, and, and take place now. So, Hanaro, come on up. I'm going to introduce you all to Hanaro Oriana, who is your Hispanic missionary, by the way. Uh, just like me, he works for you uh, as part of the ministry and missions of the association. So, brother, okay, what's give, up? It, give it to him. And hey, by hey. the way, we just spent eight days together in Mexico. Oh, yeah, I got, I got to know. I got it. <laughs> um, good evening. Buenas noches. How are you guys doing today? Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're so excited. Um, we're building this world, you know, together. We're building the kingdom of God in this area of Tennessee, in these uh, um, counties. Uh, I'm Genaro Orellana. I'm from Peru. I've been in the States uh, about nine years now. I've been married with my wife almost 10 years. Uh, she's from here, she's from Manchester actually. I got two kids, they're, they're there. Noah and Sela, he's six year old and she's uh, four year old. So uh, we live here in Tallahoma and we got our Iglesia Gracia. So we, we uh, <clears throat> start planting uh, that church, you know, because the, we can see that the need of the, of, the, of the gospel, you know, we see the, the need of that. Uh, uh, even the Hispanic Hispanic population is growing and growing. They 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 are in the backyard, you know. They are in our yard, you know. Uh, who 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 builds uh, very good walls if it's not Hispanics too, you know? <laughs> it's right, you know. So <clears throat> we need to we need to use that too, you know. Um, and my job is 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 open, you know. Go to the different uh, churches and and. And, and partnership and get together and, and try to reach the Hispanic population in the area. So primarily we're working now here in Tallahoma, but we hit them to, towards uh, Franklin County, right? Uh, uh, towards uh, 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 Winchester and Maxwell. We see in Decker and Cowan and, and you know, we're we trying to, to see uh, strategic areas when we can, you know, open new Bible studies. Seeing, you know, seeing for uh, new churches. So we plant in churches. You know, church make disciples. Disciple make church, and church makes church. You know, so that's our work. That's why I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm so excited to to partnership with you as a as a Dog River Baptist Association. So I'm here for you, and and nice to meet you guys. God bless you. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a place to invest some more mission money, it's going to take some money to get some more of these off the ground. So we're working with uh, some churches over in the Franklin County area to begin some new work over there. Uh, there is one school in Winchester, one elementary school, that after the Christmas break, they had 30 new Hispanic students that could not speak English. 30. Imagine 30 brand new people showing up at church on Sunday morning that did not speak English. What would you do? It's a crisis. And they're here. Now once again, I tell folks all the time, don't get caught up in the politics of it. Get caught up in the kingdom of it. They're here. And we've got to reach them with the message of the gospel. 
And so we're beginning things. They're beginning a new uh, English as a Second Language class at Estill Springs that he's going to be working with them on. Uh, we're getting our foot in the door at that elementary school through ESL and through mentoring and other things. If we can get him in that school and help get him in the door with those children, that gets him in the door with those families, and then we can begin new ministries in those communities. So there's a lot going on. And then as soon as we get something moving and shaking that way, we're going to move up towards the northern part of, uh, of Coffee County and begin some, some, uh, some work in that area as well, move on up into the Grundy County area. Here's what we need. We need God to send us Hispanic-speaking or Spanish-speaking workers and volunteers to send us some uh, Spanish-speaking pastors to this area so that when we begin to plant these things, Hanaro is not trying to pastor 14 churches. Can I get an amen right there? It's hard enough to pastor one church, let alone pastor half a dozen churches. So, um, so we're, we're beginning that process of expanding that. I see something fantastic taking place on the horizon through the Hispanic ministry of our area. And they are coming in droves right now. We were in Mexico last week. We were in southern Mexico down in uh, Chiapas, which is the farthest state south. When they leave Central America, these caravans that you see on TV, when they leave Central America into Mexico, they enter into the state of Chiapas. And where we were working in Tonalá, the main road that they use goes straight through Tonalá. I cannot tell you how many hundreds of migrants we saw last week heading to the states. Now, once again, I'm not getting into the politics of those things tonight. I'm just telling you, there's more coming. And we have got to be ready spiritually to minister to them. I could tell you through personal testimony, of I've been doing Hispanic ministry myself, Lon and I, for over 20 years, 20 plus years we've been working uh, in, in Spanish ministry. We have seen people get saved through the, through the Hispanic ministry of the churches where we've been working they get saved, they disciple, and they go back to Mexico or they go back to Central America as the missionaries. They go back. We spoke last Sunday at, um, what was the name of Pastor Jose's church? Yeah. Abu basically Abundant Life Church. He was in the States for 21 years in Houston. He was a truck driver, but he was also working with the staff of a, of a church in Houston. He did that for 21 years. His church sent him back to Tonala six years ago. We planted a church, and, and the church was, it was a really good church. He spoke good English. He was able to communicate well with us and us with him, but, um, uh, but that's what's happening. We're seeing that happen. Hispanic uh, people, Spanish-speaking people are finding Christ in America, not through the Catholic Church, by the way. They're finding Christ in America, and they are going back home. Their desire, most of them, is not to come and stay here. For many of them, their desire is to come here and then eventually go back home. They're here to take care of their families. Listen, if you saw what we saw when we go on those mission trips, you would understand why they're coming here. An average week's pay where we were just working, about $150. And they have next to nothing. So without fighting over the politics of things, when they're here, we give them Jesus. And we've got the man right here 
we've got another man in his church, Nelson, uh, that is working alongside of him right now. Um, uh, but we need more. We need more Spanish-speaking people. Stephen that went with us last week to Mexico from a member up in Encounter Life Church speaks Spanish. And we're fixing to plug him in in working in some of this as well. But here's what it takes. It takes you, and it takes me, and it takes the churches of the association. We have got the world coming to Tullahoma. You realize that? In North Carolina, I don't know what the statistics are in Tennessee. You might be able to help me with this. In North Carolina, in 2022, I believe it was, in the schools of North Carolina, there were, if I'm not mistaken, 156 different languages spoken in the schools of North Carolina. Chew on that for a minute. That's happening right here in Tennessee and in Coffee County. So if you want to know more about the association, check out our Facebook page, check out our website. Come by the office sometime. My coffee pot is always on, isn't it, Hanaro? Now, the coffee may be sitting there since 7 o'clock in the morning, but my coffee pot is always on. I love for people to come by and sit and chat. Some of you guys from this church has come by and sat and, and talked in my office, and I love to, to, to talk, and you can come see uh, what the building looks like, meet our counselors, meet Miss Debbie, who is our secretary, just sit and chat and see what we do and learn more about the association. And uh, we're better together. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity tonight to come and share more about kingdom work through the ministries and missions of the Duck River Baptist Association. And I continue to pray for Highland, for Pastor Jim and Matt, the staff and leaders of this church, that you would continue to use them to be a shining light in this community, in the communities where they live, and as they cooperate through us at the association, through the state convention, through the, the national convention, and with our ministry partners around the world, mission partners around the world, so that we can reach more people for Jesus. And we just want to say tonight, we love you, praise you, thank you for who you are and all you do in Jesus' name. For those of you that are online and watching, uh, if you uh, would like to make a decision for Christ, you need to uh, you can do that, or you can call us or call somebody at our local at our church or any of the church, even the Duck River Association, and uh, talk to any of them. And uh, if you have any questions, but for anybody here that you have any decision to make, uh, make that during this song, and y'all stand and let's sing some couple verses of "I Have Decided to Follow Jesus." I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. I still will follow, no turning back, no turning back. Is there any, anybody have any comments or anything before we leave? Brother Matt Ledbetter, thank you so much for sharing with us today what God has given you.
Thank you for in, in introducing Eduardo to us. And, uh, yep, come on down and shake hands. Also, if you need some coffee and, and you want to meet these guys, go to the Duck River Baptist Association. They're there every day. So uh, I, I'm a little bit in my head. It's hard for me to grasp that we're teaching English to somebody as, as a Southerner. I don't speak it. I don't know how to teach it, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you for attending tonight. And uh, please, please pray for Brother Jim. He's probably traveling, uh, coming back this way. So take Jesus into the neighborhoods and the schools with you this week. Love you all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today, for your blessings, for your opportunities. You've granted each of us to even be here tonight. Lord, I pray that you allow us to reflect you, and Lord, we be bold enough to share about you in our daily lives, our daily walks, our classes that we have. Lord, thank you for Brother Matt and Eduardo, and uh, thank you for their families and for the trip that they just made to Mexico, Lord, and, and you brought them back. Continue healing Brother Matt because he, we know he needs you there too. We ask that you be with Brother Matt Colder that uh, has some sick family tonight too. Lord, we, we ask that you go uh, with us when we leave here. Thank you for your love and your son, and we'll talk later. In Christ's name, amen.